the KTOY Sunday Show, your weekly forum to discuss the issues in our community. Brought to you by Derek McGarry, State Farm Agent, here to make your life go right. Here are your hosts, Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Good morning, whether you're just grabbing your cup of coffee or on your way to church. This is The Sunday Show with myself, LaMoya Burks, and Philip O'Donnell. It is the fourth Sunday in April. Welcome to this edition of The Sunday Show. KTOY Radio 104.7 FM produces The Sunday Show. It comes to you live each Sunday morning from 9 until 10 a.m. Now, with COVID protocols in place, we're not able to take the calls. So, I get on the phone line. Uh, a quick disclaimer, the opinions expressed on the Sunday show are the host only and are not representative of KTOY nor Texacount Radio. Just as a brief review of last week, if you missed during the first segment of the show, we discussed the science of COVID and we welcomed uh, Dr. Benjamin Newman. Now, he is a world-renowned virologist and he is among the only three Americans who sat in a 12-person total international committee named Uh, They were in the works of naming the SARS coronavirus, or as we like to call it, COVID-19. He's conducted research and he's also taught biology here in Texarkana at Texas A&M University, Texarkana. Prior to his current assignment now at the main location, we like to call that uh, the flagship at Texas A&M College Station. Um, Now, he provided great insight from a global perspective, specifically how COVID-19 impacts marginalized populations worldwide uh, due to socioeconomics and thereof. Now, unfortunately, the effects of COVID-19 among people of color has taken a detrimental turn and is extremely concerning. Um, But we were very grateful for his time and we uh, seek to have him back on again. Uh, you know, Lemoya, Texas County has really come a long way. Um, mm-hmm. Black people in the past had to go to Gramlin or Pine Bluff or Prairie View or Langston or somewhere to go to school. And even amongst PWIs, you didn't have institutions as many as you have as great as they are today. So it says a lot to think that somebody of his caliber was right here in Texas County. During the second segment last week, we welcomed members of the Greater Texas County branch of the NAACP. We had with us Mrs. Rita Williams and Dr. Charles Fortberry. Ms. Williams is a pediatric nurse, and she's also a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve. And Dr. Fortenberry, I think everybody knows him. He's on our show so frequently. But he's an ER physician and a U.S. Army major. The topic last week was black communities on the front line and COVID vaccination. Mrs. Williams said something that kind of stuck with us. This was her quote. People have always been reluctant to take vaccines. These people are depending on other people to get vaccinated so that they don't have to. So I think all of our experts agree, Dr. Newman, as well as Dr. Fortenberry and Ms. Williams, they all agree that even if you have a trust issue, and I got my air quotes up when I say trust issue, I'm talking about you don't trust the government, you don't trust vaccination, you don't trust Big Pharma. But even if you have a trust issue, we don't have a better alternative other than the vaccination. One of the things that Dr. Fortenberry encouraged us to do was to make informed decisions about vaccinations. And he was particular when he talked about using the National Medical Association as a source or a resource. Even if you don't trust these other organizations or people, you can trust the National Medical Association. Um, if you don't know, these are the black doctors. And this group was formed back when black doctors could not be a part of what the white doctors had. So they've always done their research with African-Americans and acted in the best interest of the African-American community. That's it. We're going to take a quick break. we come back, Lemoyer is going to introduce our first 
just get stick with us. The Sunday show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. I'd like to ask you a question. Are you paying way too much for your car insurance? Sure, the rate you pay on insurance isn't everything, but State Farm has surprisingly great rates along with first-class customer service you deserve and will receive from our office. This is your local State Farm agent, Derek McGarry, and I would love to be your good neighbor. Please visit us on Kings Highway in Wake Village next to Anytime Fitness or call us at 903-831-2000. Texarkana. Have you heard? Your new Burlington is now open at the Central Mall. Come get wowed by big deals on top brands. There's always something to find at prices that will surprise you, with new items arriving every day. Head in-store to save on stylish outfits, beauty essentials, shoes, plus everything for baby, pet, and home. Hurry to your new Burlington in Texarkana today. Burlington. Love the deals. Hi folks, Robbie Works for Or Honda inviting you to our annual Honda Dream Garage sales event. With 0% financing on popular 2021 SUV models like CRV, Pilot, and Passport and more. Come check out the all-new 2021 Honda Ridgeline truck with bold styling, lots of standard equipment, and the largest truck in its class. Get an opportunity to get the most for your trade at Or Honda with historic market pre-owned trade values. There has never been a better trade offer and upgrade you to an award-winning Honda. All new Hondas and most pre-owned vehicles purchased from Or Honda come with a no-charge life time powertrain warranty. So let's recap. 0% finance offer, award-winning Honda product, historic trade offer, and a no-charge lifetime powertrain warranty. What can I say? But come see us at Or Honda in Texture Canada today at 4602 Gusor Drive or visit us online all the time at orhonda.net for the best value in town. 0% offer through American Honda Finance with approved credit. See dealer for details. Need a getaway from another hot, muggy summer? The perfect place to cool off is Juneau, Alaska. Just a short flight from Seattle on the Alaska Airlines, Juneau's fresh air, scenery, food, and activities will make this the trip of a lifetime. With more flights and terrific airfares, this is the summer to chill out in Juneau's wide-open spaces. To start planning your Juneau adventure, go to TravelJuno.com or call 888-586-2201. That's TravelJuno.com or call 888-586-2201. Eat well and support local. The Texarkana Farmer's Market kicks off Saturday, May 1st, downtown Texarkana on Texas Boulevard, 7 a.m. It's all about healthy, locally grown food and products from free-range eggs and pasture-raised meats to heaps of fresh veggies and handmade items. There's something for everyone. The Texarkana Farmer's Market every Saturday downtown on Texas Boulevard, 7 a.m. till noon, May through July. Meet your farmers May 1st. Proudly sponsored by Farmer's Bank and supported by the Texarkana Radio Center. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. Hey, and we are back. If you're just getting with us, we are entering the first segment as we have a coffee talk discussion um, with Harvest Texarkana. With us at this time, we have Miss Camille Wrinkle, who is director. Am I saying that correct? Yes. Director of Harvest Texarkana. If you would like to introduce yourself uh the floor is yours. Sure. Um, yes, um, I've been the executive director there for the past 
coming up seven years. Has it been that long? It has been that, yes, I can't believe it. Time flies. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's, some days it feels like it's been longer, but most days it feels like it's, like I just, like I just got there. You know, there's, you know, no, no two days are the same. So, right. you know, there's always something different. And every, every year, especially this past year, um, certainly proved that, you know, things can change in a blink of an eye. Right. So, Camille, we always like to be personable first. Can you give us just a little background on who you are as a person first? Sure. I was uh, born and raised in Texarkana and uh, moved to Ashdown when I was in high school. Um, went to high school there, then uh, on to college in um, Central Arkansas at Hendricks yeah. College, and uh, then moved, kind of migrated to Central Arkansas and Little Rock, and uh, worked at um, a number of nonprofits, a children's hospital in their foundation, and then worked with um, Centers for Youth and Families. It's a very local to, to Central Arkansas, but does great work with children and adolescents and mental mental health and behavioral problems. And um, been on to CARTI, um, Central Arkansas Radiation, which is a cancer treatment center. But, you know, I was um, always wanting to kind of make it back this way. Yeah. Um, especially when you start having kids, you realize mm-hmm. how important having family is. So I um, was trying to, you know, find a way to come back here with my son to Central Arkansas and be close to family. And uh, this was just a God thing that uh, there happened to be this position open in nonprofit. So I was able to stay in nonprofit and, um, been able to be closer to family and it's just been such a blessing and such a um like i say it's just been such a god thing um to be able to to do that and be close to family and got remarried a few years ago yeah and uh so i've just kind of settled in with life here so in speaking of harvest texarkana um to give it like for me i'm a visual person so where is it what does it look like what does you said every day is not the same but can you kind of give us a little scope of what you do sure um Harvest, our, our, our physical location is um, on 19th Street, which is really kind of across the interstate from the industrial park where uh, Flowers Bakery, Abernathy Chemical, we're just right across the interstate there. We have about a 20,000 square foot warehouse and office mm-hmm. um, and have been there for a number of years. So that's, that's kind of central base. And a lot of people don't realize until they maybe come to our location they think of us as maybe like a large pantry mm-hmm. like you would think of as your church pantry but we really are the distribution center for a lot of the pantries and um hunger related organizations we provide food to about 75 church agencies pantries um, soup kitchens shelters in our 10 county area so that's nine counties in arkansas and Bowie county texas um last year of course was a um very unique year but we distributed a little over five million meals out yes out to that 10 county area Um, before that we really had kind of um, stayed around 3.2 3.5 million and then it jumped up to over you know over five million almost almost double what we had typically done wow Wow. Let me ask you this, Miss Wrinkle. Um, you've kind of given us a, a, a little bit about the recent past in terms of what 2020 was versus what 2019 was. Talk about the other side to it, though, the donations or the volunteerism that help you meet that ex, ex, increased need. How, how did the donations do? How did the volunteerism do? 
Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, that skyrocketed as well. You know, of course, we needed it. The The need went sky high. Not uh, have done what we were able to do if it weren't for local donations and local volunteers. Um, you know, right away, the minute that everything kind of hit, and, and I mark that with the closing. It's, things were getting um, difficult, but really, once the... Um, once the school districts closed, mm-hmm. it was kind of like that was the red light that everyone needed to say, "Okay, this is serious. This right. is really serious." And then, and then jobs started closing down. Um, you know, it was amazing. People who had um, I didn't know that really knew about the food bank stepped up and made um, donations of all sizes, large donations and um, small donations, and you know, wanted to come. In fact, we kind of had to limit. It was challenging because so many people wanted to help and we wanted to let them help. Um, and we kind of, we had to limit things because of the social distancing and, and safety precautions. We could only allow, you know, 10 at a time to come and volunteer and we had to space everyone out. So we were having to sign volunteers up in shifts and make sure that, you know, we were, weren't going past 10. We wanted everyone. We wanted the warehouse full of volunteers. <laughs> you know, come one, come all. Um, that's usually our so it was. It came with its challenges, but um, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did if we didn't have volunteers. And especially when we started doing the large mobile pantries, um, we had never done those, and we started doing those at Four States Fair, um, where we were serving thousands. And uh, we could not have done that if we didn't have volunteer groups showing up. So what are the determinants in when we speak of donations? um, We first think monetary value, right? Um, And so there's no minimum intake with that, definitely. Mm -hmm. When we're talking of donations as far as food, what what and who determines what is distributed? Are there surveys? Um, who is your overhead uh, regarding uh, the data that's collected to determine um, what what are your exclusions? You know, if, if we're not taking bananas today or if we uh, we're going to hold back on canned goods or is that even a thing? Now, we are a member of Feeding America. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we're our chapter. Yeah. We are a member. We pay membership dues. That comes along with a lot of perks. It also comes along with a lot of um, expectations. They come and they want their members to be doing things um, by the book. They come every two years, do a, a full-fledged, top-to-bottom assessment of everything that we do and make their recommendations and, you know, um, give us a lot of guidance there. But where they don't um, determine, you know, just every single thing day to day, they leave a lot of that to us, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, what is it that we need? What is it that our community needs? They do have suggestions of um, nutrition, and we do, too. There are foods to, you know, certain categories, foods to encourage, um, which is your produce, um, your more, you know, grains, healthy items. Um, But, you know. We can usually take most everything as long as it is um, not perishable, and as long as it's not, you know, um, damaged and healthy. So, you know, we kind of have a motto, I do at least, that, you know, if um, if you wouldn't eat it, we don't need it. Right, <laughs> right. Don't bring us, you know, everything that you're clearing out of your refrigerator. Right, right. And, you know, you'd be surprised, but, you know, don't, don't clear out your pantry and everything that you wouldn't eat. 
donate to the food bank. Right. So during COVID-19, or, or I, I'm saying during like it's past, right? Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, in the thick of it, uh, within the last year, schools were closed. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you were discussing earlier, job change. So the big thing there was change, innovation in how we're going to approach what we do day to day to meet the need. Do you foresee, and you can expand on what those changes, what did you create quickly um, that you foresee to be long term? Um, you know, whether it was uh, like you mentioned, mobile pantries, uh, are those things that you foresee to be something that you you're going to use long term? You know, sometimes we do things temporarily because we say it's for that crisis moment. Can you expand on maybe a, pro- a piece of the project um, that locally you foresee to be a long term impact? Sure. Well, you know, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. So um, we definitely saw that. And um, we were able to scale our programs like our bubble pantry, Mm -hmm. um, scale it larger. It had been used to um, get food out to rural underserved areas where we didn't have as many pantries, say um, Stamps or Waldo. We'll go there every other month. And that was before the crisis um, to distribute food to their community um, through our trucks. We pack you know, family boxes on site. We pack them into our, bo- our box trucks. We take those down to those communities. We work with um, city and county employees there and volunteers. Okay. Um, so we just scaled that model up um, to meet the need that was all of a sudden, not just rural in underserved areas, right. but actually right here in the more popular uh, Miller and Bowie County. Um, we scaled that up. And you know, so that just showed that, that was a good model to scale down or up. And then all of our pantries had to switch to the drive through model. Mm-hmm. Because they could no longer get out of their car and go into the church or um, into the organization. And that's something that a lot of our organizations um, feel like they want to continue. And we want to continue with that. Um, it actually seemed to be very effective in uh, quickly serving a lot of people and not having to take numbers and go into another room and wait. Um, you know, so we're, we're looking at ways that... Um, we can kind of streamline that. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, a lot of our pantries are going to continue with the actual mobile drive through model. So were there home-to-home deliveries at all, or was it just by site? Um, it's by site as far as um, getting it from the food bank yeah. to the agency. Now, once it gets to the agency, you know, we're, we're talking it's more local then, neighbor-to-neighbor. Okay. So those, ch- those churches, they know, you know, say, you know, we deliver it to a church. They may have people in their church that are in need that they know can't make it to the pantry. Awesome. Or they know. And um, so we, you know, we allow them to serve the people that they serve the way that they need to serve them. Partnering. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Phil, are you with Ms. us? Rickle, you're probably well aware of this, and our listeners probably aren't, but... Um, in terms of just your capacity, we know that the need increased, but is the need greater than what you're able to meet? So kind of what are your limitations as you try to meet the need that is present with the pandemic? Well, the need has always been uh, greater than we, we can <laughs> meet by ourselves, and that was even before the pandemic. Um, the need increased, uh, you know, almost doubled this past year. It's tapered off a little, and it's still 
much higher than it was pre-pandemic. So we saw about a 30% increase. Now now that everything's kind of leveled out, we still have about a 30% increase in need um, over what we were before. In our area, we ha- our, our data showed that about one in five of our community was struggling with hunger. And now that's one in four. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's, it's increased. Um, and, and, you know, we're always going to um, kind of strive to try to meet all of the need as much as we can. All right. So are there ever times um, that there are paper, there's paperwork to be done for um, beyond the agencies and the partnerships coming, you know, the paper, the business side of that? Because what we're wanting to do for the audience, the listeners, uh, some people will hold back if there's paperwork, if they feel like they're scrutinized as far as um, I need to meet the criteria. How uh, are we to communicate and continue um, that when we say it is uh, it's completely free for those in need? How do we how do we assist in making sure that 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 fact is continuing to stay alive? The only time that we have a, a an income um guideline is with our usda commodities distribution and um even that it's not that you have to show a pay stub or that you have to show your um utility bill we do ask you know how much um your household makes and that's just that's part of usda mm-hmm. um our size to distribute usda foods um but, you know, rarely do we ever turn anyone away, even if they, you know, sometimes people are maybe $100 over that yeah. that, that distribution, that, that guideline. Um, and, you know, we, we rarely turn anyone away. And I will say one of the... Um, one of the benefits that maybe came out of this last year was that a lot of um, the red tape was kind of cut. Yeah. And we were able to serve... Um, who needed to be served mm-hmm. like if they are there and they made the they they took the trouble to come to this pantry to wait in line and um, they're in need you know. absolutely so we, we rarely turn anyone away we do we may try to collect a little bit of information but that's more for reporting and just so we have a clearer picture it's not not to judge anyone and not to turn anyone away it's so that we can tell feeding america we can tell the the nation and you know what's going on here in southwest arkansas and northeast texas yeah who we're serving. Right. And then going back just real quickly to um, what you mentioned about the food donations. Mm-hmm. Um, we do take food donations. This past year, we didn't take as many because of, especially in the beginning, the yeah. safety c- concerns. Um, but, you know, we also, we, so we saw a lot more donations monetarily. And with our, um, our working with other food banks, nationally and national vendors that work with food banks we're actually able to provide more from from a dollar we're able to stretch that dollar into five and a half meals mm. um so really we saw the we saw a lot of that this past year so if i if myself or my organization were wanting to connect with you um to whether it's a monetary donation or we wanted to know what can we bring in quantity to your warehouse can you give us direction on how to do that Absolutely. As far as making a, a monetary donation, yes. um, we'll take it in the form of cash, <laughs> check, credit card. You can call us. You can do it um, on our yes on our website. Uh, you can go online and do it. Um, you can mail a check in. 
Yeah. And then as far as, I mean, we do have um, a number of, of food donations that are still going on. And, and our only um, our only requests are that it, it be non-perishable um, within date um, you know, and, and things that you would think, this is something my family would need. Um, a lot of times we ask for box meals, mm-hmm. something that can be easy, can feed a number of um, family members with one box or um, just a few ingredients. And um, you know, just just to kind of use that kind of common sense. So when a when a um, a family shows up, do we do a quick assessment of how many is within a household to make sure that we, as best as possible, that they have a when we say enough? I guess that's a rough word to use. Um, if I show up and I've got six in a home, um, you know, as I'm picking up, do I need to dis- do I need to describe my situation as far as how many people I need this for, or do you just? And give- that's one thing that we uh, work with our pantries, and some of them do more of that than others. You know, some of them will tailor a a bag to um, for a smaller family, and then another bag or box for a larger family. Um, some just give. You know, this is you know, if you come, if you show up, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get this box, and you're going to get um, some perishable items too. A lot of times, we'll take um, trees. We'll take a box of shelf stable items, but then we also will take. Um, a bin of watermelons or oranges or um, produce and have that there so that people can take what they need. You know, if they only need a small bag of it, only take a small bag. If you feel like you need more, then you can take more. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're located where, once again? At 3120 East 19th is our, where our warehouse is located. So that's on Texarkana. Texarkana, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, mm-hmm. there it is. Texarkana, yes. Arkansas. And when your operation hours for you and your staff is within what time range? Well, there is usually someone there starting at 630. Wow. Uh, yes, the, the guys get there. I call them the guys. Yeah. Um, our, our drivers and crew and warehouse uh, workers get there about 630, 6 to 630. And um, they work through about two three o'clock because we get a lot of deliveries and things early on and so they get there a little earlier and then there's someone usually there through five o'clock awesome so uh so those are the operation hours six thirty to you said about five o'clock p.m mm-hmm. yes okay so you know so we have the website or um virtual donations you can stop by and drop off um programming let's talk programming sure what popped in my mind one thing that i remember is even in the middle of the pan, uh, the meat of the man uh, pandemic uh our city leaders well, it was some type of contest uh, to see how how fast they could pack boxes. Oh, yes. At, at, at the year end, we had a little fun little contest of packing mobile pantry boxes. Um, and we always uh, use volunteers to, to come in and help us with this. So if, if anyone has a group or um, sorority that wants to come in or church group, um, we can always put them to work in packing mobile pantries for those when we go out on those sites, like I was saying. Yeah. Um, so we had a Texarkana, Arkansas versus Texarkana, Texas. <laughs> A uh, little contest and kind of a, a battle of the border. Yeah. yeah. And uh, our Texarkana and Texas side won, but barely. Just, yeah. you know, it was pretty close. I think it was within, you know, 50 boxes. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to, you know, maybe that you know, they'll be more competitive next year and we'll we'll see. Yeah. And I, it, 
was just enlightening to see, um, you know, we know there's a need and that may not feel as comfortable, but uh, the idea that we're sparked to action to actually do something about it. Right. So it was the motion of working through it. I that think I really there, were, you, there were a lot of silver linings mm-hmm. this past year to to a really, you know, horrible situation, but a lot of silver linings. And one of those things is that it brought hunger to the forefront. Mm-hmm. You could no longer turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. This could be your neighbor. This, this could, could be, be you. This <laughs> could be you. You know, this could be all of a sudden people that, um, you know, a month ago they were, we said they were at Whole Foods and then all of a sudden they were at Food Line. Yeah. And, you know, they'd gone through their savings. They mm-hmm. lost that, that really good paying job. Yeah. And went through everything in a matter of, you know, you'd be surprised how quickly you can go through that. Yeah. I've kind of co- coined a quote in itself, but, you know, I like to share with others. Um, I am you and you are me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just that, you know, in the blink of an eye, things can change. And so um, you want to do for others. Um, first mm-hmm. and um, because you know if it were you you would want that so that goes back to what you were saying with the perishable items you know what what would you like to see and that's how we should treat you know our communities and our world and so we, we want to make sure that we take care of um, you know entities like Harvest X or Kenna well thank you we can we can use all the help we can get like I said it's still you know we still have a high need and uh, we're still trying to address that and you know, one thing um I didn't mention earlier with pivoting some of our programs and we had to change even our childhood hunger programs, even our backpack for school programs. When those schools shut down, that was my biggest fear is I immediately thought, how are these children and these seniors going to be fed? They get this at school on Friday afternoons to last them over the weekend. They don't have school now. What's going to happen? And we were able to kind of turn some of our church agencies, church pantries into sites for the backpack program. Mm-hmm. We just took extra bags. I said, well, we may be clear of, of all food, but at least it's going to be going out. And we were able to take those bags and provide them to churches where we knew kids were going to be going and families were going to be going. And then with the schools, once they started doing meals and people could come and grab and go with their lunches at the schools, we actually um, provided them with family food boxes so that families could go ahead and get a box of that food along with the backpack. Yeah, Ms. Rickle, I want to squeeze two questions in here before we run out of time. Sure. Um, first one is an easy one. Uh, anyone who may be interested in their career kind of taking the nonprofit mm-hmm. route, give them some advice. Um, and I don't know what you said in the interview, what you can tell them, but you've worked a lot of places, been a lot of places, so you can provide some insight there. But the other question is this. Um, some people don't qualify for government assistance. And my assumption is that that would be the greater people, the great, the, the, your target market. You know, those people who don't get SNAP and don't get government assistance, but I could be wrong. So just kind of clarify for our listeners um, who your target audience is, if, you, if you've if you been able to identify it. You're really anybody in need, and um, pretty much any of our pantries that you go to, there's there's not a, a yes or no. Do you qualify or do you not qualify? Now, the type of food that you get, you, you may not get all the USDA program food, um, because that is kind of set on income, but they have other food there mm-hmm. that you can get. So there really, there really isn't a stipulation on you have to be at this level. You have to qualify for um, you know, food stamps in order to come mm-hmm. for, per se, in order to get food from us. Anyone, so Any, that's, really anyone can. So that's the highlight for uh, the segment. Is and that anyone. was, and that was really, like I said, that was really came out this past year was we were able to kind of let those guards down mm-hmm. because a lot of people that were getting food from us they may not have qualified this past year yeah. but well, they needed it if you look at the, you know I enjoy even off a of, uh, lunch 
moment. Um, the line at Flower Acres Baptist Church, you know, we saw that line extend all the way what to the interstate. <laughs> yes. During the pandemic, um, where that is relatively, you know, normally on a Wednesday or whatever uh, date, that line was long because there's a need. Um, but, um, you know, we're working here in Texarkana and, and that's an example, you know, where, you know, for my lunch break, it may take off a few minutes because that line is long, but the impact that it's helping, I, I mean, people by the droves. Yes. I'll sit there and wait for traffic to navigate me. Well, you know? I, yeah. Texarkana, we're moving. Right. You know, we're, we're doing something. And things that we just wouldn't normally, you know. I will say, don't necessarily benefit and make the food bank look great as far as the amount of food we're distributing. It didn't matter. Right. You know, those those bags of, of food for kids, they don't count as a lot of pounds. They don't give us a whole lot of credit. But it doesn't matter because right. those kids needed that. Yeah. To senior food boxes, the same way. Yeah. You know, a lot of that didn't even get counted towards our numbers. We didn't care. Yeah. It's just, you know, it was feeling the need, and that's all that mattered to us. The impact. The impact to anyone. Right. You know. Um, so, Camille, we want to say again on behalf of myself and Philip O'Donnell and Miss Dee Dee Woods, who's in the uh, studio with us, and all of KTOY 104.7, Texarkana Radio, we just thank you uh, for being a voice um, and working in the community. You know, um, I watch you uh, go around and make sure that you spread the good news of what we can do um you dispel what is not true regard as far as what the need is by telling us what we can do when we can do it and and the the variety of updates that you provide for the texarkana area rural areas and thereof um and i can't express enough of a thank you um because you are a leader in sparking change and sparking us to move so, uh, again, uh, we want to thank Ms. Camille Wrinkle with Harvest Texarkana. And if you could tell us the address one more time. Sure. It's 3120 East 19th, and that's Texarkana, Arkansas. Um, or you can go online and read more about us at um, HRF, as in Frank, B as in boy. That's for Harvest Regional Food Bank, dot O-R-G. Awesome. And a phone number? 870-774-1398. Is there a fa- uh, social media, Facebook page? We've Twitter. got a Facebook page and a Harvest Texture Canna. We've got an Instagram page. Um, so there, there are a lot of different ways to, to see what we're up to. Awesome. I, uh, audience, please go over to the website, connect to social media, uh, get the knowledge, move to action, make the impact for anyone. Miss Camille Rinkle, we look forward to talking with you again. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And at this time, we'll go to our commercial break. Stay with us.